verse number 1 through 11. John, the 12th chapter, verse number 1 through 11. John, the 12th chapter, verse number 1 through 11. Amen. John 12, verse number 1 through 11. The Bible says, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pint of pure nard and expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples... Judas, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Verse number seven, leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. I want to preach as the Spirit should guide from this subject just for a few minutes. I've got to tell him thank you. I've got to tell him thank you. If you're not too sedity, if you're not too stuck up, look at your neighbor, grab them by the hand, shake it real good and say, neighbor, I don't know about you. I've got to tell him. Thank you. It is amazing how you said that and didn't tell them thank you on the end of that. But is there anybody in here that say, I came with the sole purpose this morning to come in here and to tell him thank you for the great things he has done in my life. Or you're nodding your head and you're looking at me, but you still ain't saying thank you. Is there anybody in here that can look over your life and realize after the last six, six days that I've had, I have to do one thing since I'm here, and that is to tell him Thank you. Is there anybody here on this Sunday morning at 9 o'clock service that say, if you knew like I knew how good the Lord has been good to me, you would know why I'm saying these two words. Thank you. I need for us to take a pause for the cause. Somebody lift up your hand and utter those two words to your Jesus and tell him, thank you. Throughout this series, we have been walking through the gospel of John, and John's gospel is different from others in, in that his primary goal is not to give us a historical treatment of the life of Jesus. John's purpose is to exalt the person of Jesus so that men believed on him and be saved. John wants us to know Jesus. Everybody say, know Jesus. He, John wants us to know Jesus because Satan is going to come after us on every side. He wants to bring the negative so that we can lose sight of our purpose and he will introduce everything that can get us to be off track with God. 
But if you know Jesus, then you know the stabilizing force that gives you the internal strength to overcome everything that is thrown at you. There's some of you that can say the devil tried everything he could, but in spite of what he tried to throw at me because I know Jesus, I know how to hold to his hand, his God's unchanging hand. Is there anybody in here that say, I'm glad I know my mama. I'm glad I know my daddy. I'm glad I know my pastor. I'm glad I know my friends, but I'm even greater glad that I know Jesus because when you know Jesus for yourself, the storms can come, but he'll stabilize you in the storm. When you know Jesus for yourself, the rain could fall, but Jesus becomes your umbrella. When you know Jesus for yourself, you know how to stick through the tough times of your life and still give him glory in the midst of it because you know Jesus for yourself. So John uses, watch this, the first 11 chapters to describe the whole ministry of Jesus from John's perspective. In fact, if you read the first 11 chapters of John, you are covering actually three years of Jesus' ministry. But the second half of John's chapters, chapters 12 through 21, actually covers one week. Let me back that up. Uh, the first 12 chapters of John covers Jesus' ministry of three years, but the last 12 through 21 chapters covers actually one week of Jesus' life. Almost one half of John's gospel is given to the last week of Jesus' life. Matthew used about 33% of his gospel to cover that week. Mark used nearly 40%. Luke used over 25%. But John gets to it and says, I got to to use half of what I'm talking about so you can understand the significance of what happened in those seven days. John says what happened in those last seven days is so important that I have to dedicate half of my writing to those seven days. You know why? Because you take time for what's important to you. Don't tell me it's important to you and you don't take no time for it. But when you take time with it, it becomes important to you and you got to take time for what's important. Oh, is there anybody in here that say, I I've had, I've been tired all week long. I've had hell come after me. I've been stressed out, but I took time this Sunday morning to come to the house of God because he is important to me. I need you to give your neighbor a high five and say, he's important to me. Ah, uh, that's why I'm here. That's why I could have stayed in the bed, but I got up out the bed this morning and made my way to church because he is important to me. And when he is important to me, I'll take time out of my schedule to spend it with him. Is there anybody in here that say, I ain't got no attitude this morning because I'm in church. I ain't upset because I had to get out the bed. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Is there any excited, glad people in this house that say, I'm grateful that I'm in the house of God so I can throw my hands up and tell them thank you. By the time we get to chapter 11 of John, John sets the stage to see the divide, watch this, between love and hate. Because I hate to bust your bubble, uh, what John shows us, watch this, is that Jesus divides everything. Mm. Jesus divides everything. What you mean, pastor? I know this is hard to believe. 
Because some of y'all got this cute, cuddly Jesus. This Jesus that loves everybody and is so compassionate. And he's, so, he's just there and he loves you just the way that you are. But I hate to bust your bubble. There's some other scriptures that will mess you up that you'll find out Jesus is actually a divider. John shows, that, shows us that Jesus gets in the mix. And when Jesus gets in the mix, sides have to be taken because Jesus divides everything. Come on. Jesus divides your calendar, your crazy self. Because everything before his birth is B.C. And everything since him is A.D. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Jesus divides humanity. You're either for him or you're against him. That's why Jesus said, whoever believes in me shall not perish but have eternal life. But if you are against me, Jesus said, Who de whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's only one and only son. Jesus divides associations because Jesus said he came to be bring not peace but a sword. Y'all don't know these scriptures. See, these are the kind of scriptures we don't like to read because what do you do with a Jesus that say, I ain't come to give you no peace. I came with my sword in my hand. I came to cut. Okay, y'all want me to go there. Jesus divides family because Jesus said anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. You don't know this, Jesus. Jesus divides. There is no one like him that brings extremes like love and hate, devotion and rejection. Uh, worship and blasphemy, faith and unbelief. He, he, he divides believers from unbelievers, sheeps from goats, weeds from tares, children of God from children of the devil. And the question becomes, ladies and gentlemen, whose side are you on? Oh, I came to bust your little cute little worship bubble. I just worship him. Honey, whose side are you on? Because you gotta make a choice. If Baal be Baal, then serve him. But if God be God, then serve him. Him. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Some trust in horses and others trust in chariots, but I will trust in the name. Whose side are you on? You got a little mysticism and you got a little bit of hoodoo and voodoo and you got all this other stuff that you putting your trust in, but is there anybody in here that can say it's Jesus only over here? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is my battle axe. Jesus is my banner. Jesus is my salvation. Jesus is my all. Is there anybody in here that say, I chose Jesus. And John wrote this for you and I to be clear on who your choice is. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to be clear. You got to be clear. You got to be clear. John wrote this history to present Christ, the second person of the Trinity. Fully God and fully man. The promised messianic king that God declared would come to take back the earth, establish his rule, and bring an everlasting righteousness. John presents Jesus as the savior of the world. The only means of forgiveness and the only hope for eternal life. I don't know who y'all serve it. John is telling us that through the 11 chapters of John, he's trying to show us who Jesus really is. He's the only way to salvation. He's the only door. He's the only gate. He's the good shepherd. He's the one. He said, I am that I am. Ain't nobody beside me. I am God and beside me there is none other. I know some of y'all got it twisted because you want to take a little philosophy and put it with your Jesus and you want to 
have took a little, little, little bit of what Oprah and Yana say and put it with your Jesus. But when you get Jesus for real, you know he is the only way. He is the only door. He is the only gate. I didn't get saved because I was good enough. I got saved by a man named Jesus who from Galilee, the one who shed his blood, the one who died on the cross. I don't know who y'all serving, but is there anybody in here that say, I got one Savior and his name is Jesus. But as we come to chapter 12, these extremes are seen in the lives of those who are in this house. Prior to this account, we have the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And by the time we get to chapter 12, Lazarus is popular because word has spread all over town that Jesus resurrected him from the dead. Chapter 12 tells us that now a large crowd has gathered, which means that news has spread beyond the small town of Bethany and has reached all the way to Jerusalem. But not everybody in the crowd is rejoicing. Ain't they just like church people? Not everybody came with a praise on their lips. There's always some skeptics in the building. There's always some people that say it don't take all that. There's always some people that say I don't believe in all that. There's always some people that got an opposite opinion of Jesus. There's always some skeptics in the building. Oh, but is there anybody in here that say, I don't care if you don't take it to, if you think it don't take all that. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Excuse me if I holler every now and again. Excuse me if I lift my hands every now again. Excuse me if I do a little dance every now and then. Excuse me if I have to run because you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. You can be on the outside being a skeptic but I'm in the house because he raised me from the dead and is there anybody in here that can give God glory because you got something to tell him thank you for. Watch this. Why was not everybody rejoicing? At the end of chapter 11, we found out that Lazarus being raised from the dead disturbed the religious leaders. Why? Because the text says that many of the Jews began to believe in Jesus. And in their minds, Jesus was getting too much of a following and too much power. So the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees became panicked because they thought the Romans would get involved and take their temple and their nation. They say, Jesus messing up our plans. I mean, this money coming in, we got the people under control. And now he coming in and busting up our system. So the text says at the end of chapter 11, they plotted to kill Jesus. The only problem is they could not deny that Jesus was performing miracles. Why couldn't they deny it? Because look at Lazarus sitting there. He was the one that was confirmed dead. Dead four days before Jesus even showed up. Text says, he stinketh now. Rigor mortis has set in. He's buried in the tomb. Jesus comes and shows up on the scene. Says, show me where you laid him. Gets in front of the tomb, says, roll the stone away. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. God help me right here. Ah, and they said, a dead man wrapped up in, and all that he was wrapped up in came hopping out the, the grave. Because when Jesus calls your name, I don't care what had you, it's got to let you go. God help me. Is there anybody in here that know when Jesus calls your name, if it's a bad relationship, honey, I got to leave that and go after Jesus. Is there anybody in here that know that when Jesus calls your name, don't matter who calls you, it's, it's as long as he calls me. So watch this. Here's Lazarus sitting there alive. Sometimes, here's the problem. 
why they got an attitude and why people got an attitude with you. Because sometimes people don't know what to do with you or how to handle you. Because, here we go, you got too much evidence of a God working a miracle in your life. Okay, that didn't shout you, but that shouted me because sometimes people have to look at you and admit, I don't know how they got that blessed. It must be God working in their life. I don't know how they got, that, got out of that situation. They was down for the count. But is there anybody here that say, that's why people have a problem with me. That's why they don't understand my praise. That's why they don't understand my swagger. That's why they can't understand this smile on my face because you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. Is there anybody here that say, you can't hold me you can't understand me because you look at my past and you look at my story but you don't understand my glory and is there anybody in here that say keep your mouth off me because you don't understand the great things God has done in my life I need you to give your neighbor a high five and say just look at me this is a miracle walking this is a live breathing miracle looking at you is there anybody in here that say I know you can't handle all this you can't understand how I'm that blessed you can't understand understand how I'm not anointed. You can't understand how God keeps opening the door, but it's okay. Just know that God worked a miracle in my life. Somebody lift your hands, open up your mouth, and give God praise for what he's done in your So, so because they was plotting to kill Jesus, the text says that in the chapter 11, I'm going to get to chapter 12 in a minute, Jesus could no longer walk publicly in front of the Jews. So chapter 11 says he went to Ephraim to go undercover with his disciples. I want to stop here parenthetically, ain't in my notes, but somebody need to hear this. Don't go undercover with anybody. Uh, because some people, while you're going undercover, going to give away your location. God help me. Can't walk with everybody, cause cause there's that people out there that's trying to cut my throat, and if I walk with the wrong person, they'll give me up. Oh come on, is there anybody here to say I can't have everybody in my corner and I can't have everybody in my space? I love you, praying for you, God bless you, give me a hug, but I ain't gonna be telling you all my business, and I ain't gonna be telling you everything that's going on with me, cause you can't handle it, cause you might give me up before it's my time. Is there anybody here to say I got to make sure I got the right people with me when I'm going? through what I'm going through so I don't get in more trouble and when Jesus emerges in chapter 12 he comes to Bethany to spend time with his friend now this messed me up because I told you beginning at chapter 12 through chapter 21 now begins seven days of his life and as Jesus is headed to the cross he chooses to share his last hours with his friends he knew these people he was with. He loved these people. And he is, watch this, six days away from thorns. He's six days away from nails. He's six days away from a spear. He's six days away from being hated. He's six days away from bearing the sin of the world on his shoulders. He's six days away from loneliness of being forsaken by God. But he seeks in the middle of this, he seeks the connection of his friends. Because when you're going through, you need people that can get around you. 
that will lift you up and not tear you down. God help me. You got to be careful who you have around you because there's some people that you need in your life that when you're going through what you're going through, they know how to lift you up and say, it's going to be all right. Every, everything going to be all right. Grab the hand of your neighbor, shake it real good and tell them, neighbor, I don't care what you're going through, but it's going to be all right. Oh my God. I know you facing your cross ahead of you. I know you facing haters ahead of you, but in spite of what's ahead of you, God sent me here as a midwife to birth out of you that it's going to be all right. I know it don't look good. Good. I know trouble is in front of you, but I'm here to let you know it's going to be all right. Touch somebody behind you and tell them it's going to be all right. God going to make a way for you. I know you might go down in the, in the, in the grave, but God is going to resurrect you after a while. So I'm here right now to let you know that it's going to be all right. I got a feeling that everything going to be all right. Is there anybody in here that say, I need those kind of people that know how to encourage me when I'm going through what I'm Here's what I saw. Here's what I saw in the text. Here's what I saw in the text. I saw, I saw the people that were in this house. And I saw that there were people, four people in this house that knew how to tell God, thank you. I saw four people that knew in the midst of all this that's, got, that's going on, still know how to tell him, thank you. They're try, they trying to kill you, Jesus, but I'm still going to tell you, thank you. I want to show you, here we go, four ways to tell Jesus, thank you. Four ways to tell Jesus, thank you. Are you interested this morning? Here's the first way that you tell him thank you. Come on, let's go. The first way is by serving. Let church say serving. Um, now, there's this woman in this house by the name of Martha who gets a bad rap. Um, text says that they're at this dinner party and G and that was given in Jesus' honor. And the text specifically says that Martha served. Let the church say Martha served. Now, Martha in this text gets a bad rap because in Luke, the 10th chapter, this same account of this story, Martha is the one who is busy with the preparations for the dinner and becomes distracted by all the preparations that, 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 that she gets angry at her sister and at Jesus. Luke's account of this says that, that, that she tells Jesus, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Martha tells Jesus, tell her to help me. I'm doing this thing by myself. You ain't got a problem with that, Jesus? Mary just sitting there at your feet, and I'm working, slaving over this stove, sweating and carrying on, bringing the food out to you and all your disciples, and feeding y'all. Don't you care that she should be helping me as well? Jesus says, Martha, Martha. Come on, read your Bible, Luke, the 10th chapter. He calls her name twice. He says, Martha, Martha, who are worried and upset about many things. But Jesus says this to her, but few things are needed. Mary has chosen what is better by sitting at my feet. In other words, Martha, freedom, instruction, truth, and worship 
is always a priority. Let me rewind that again because you missed what I said. I, I know you serve it, but, but Martha, freedom, instruction, truth, and worship is always a priority. In fact, the Lord rebuked her because she needed to know that hearing from the Lord is a higher service. God help me. Yes, you can serve. But spending time with Jesus is not a substitute for, not, for working with Jesus. Okay, you missed what I just said. Some of you think because you serve, that must mean you spend time with him. The devil is a liar. Some of you are serving your way into hell. Because you don't know him as you're serving him. God help me. You can sing. You can dance. You can greet. You can serve. You can be on the soundboard. You can work with the youth. But if you don't ever take time to spend it at the feet of Jesus, you will be working and not worshiping. Hate to bust your little bubble because I know some of y'all have mastered. Well, I show up when I'm supposed to greet and I do what I'm supposed to do when I'm supposed to sing. And God is saying, depart from me because you know me not. You know how to do what you do, but you don't know how to worship me. Can I interrupt your schedule in the middle of your worship, in the middle of your singing, in the middle of your greeting, in the middle of your soundboard? And can I interrupt your schedule and get some hands lifted up and your mouth open to tell me thank you for how good I've been to you? Are you just going to continue to keep on serving me and not knowing me. But is there anybody in here that say no matter how I serve, I got to make sure I'm found at the feet of Jesus. I'm found getting the word. I'm found getting my worship to him. I got to make sure that no matter how much I worship. Because the problem is, the problem is you are confused. You think because you do, you are. Sometimes you can do and not be. You can do the church thing, but that don't mean you're a worshiper. God help me. You, you, can, you can serve on the ministry. You, you can be a director. You can be a ministry leader, but that don't mean you actually know him. That means you know how to do a function. Oh, God. Now, let me back this up because, Pastor, you said that the way to tell him thank you is by serving. And it sounds like you got a problem with serving. No. There's nothing wrong with serving the Lord. Watch this. Serving and worshiping is not mutually exclusive. In fact, service is regarded nobly in Scripture. In fact, when the text says right here in chapter 12 that Martha served, you know what word is actually right there? What word is actually right there in the Greek is Martha deacon. You, you know that's what a deacon is. A servant. Deacon ain't a sweet little title that you lord over people as if you are head of people. Deacon means you are a servant. And the text says that Martha deaconed, that she served the people of God, that she served the Lord. Jesus said, if anyone wants to be chief among you, watch this, he said, let them serve. In other words, if you want to be first, you better be a servant. Um, when he says, if anyone be a chief among you, let them serve, that word serve right there, let me mess you up real good. In actuality, in the original Greek, it means slave. 
Now, I know from your African-American persuasion that you don't like that term uh, of being a slave, but because uh, you are, you know, you 12 years a slave and you, you, you think you are, you know, that is above you and beneath you and beyond you. And if you was back there, I wouldn't be no slave for nobody. They would have killed me a long time ago. No, boo. When you're in a system, you don't realize you're in a system. God help me. Oh, and I said something right there. And, and so Jesus messes you up and says, watch this. If you want to be a chief, if you want to be large and in charge, if you want to be the HNIC, you got to make sure you're a slave. Hate to mess y'all up. In other words, you know what Jesus is saying? There should not be any task that is beneath you. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be too good to clean a toilet. Joseph did himself. Get, get the microphone out your hand. Stop singing on the praise team because if the praise team is the only place you can sing and serve God, but if I ask you to clean the toilet, now you got an attitude. You don't need to sing at all. He says there shouldn't be nothing beneath you. I don't do that. Who is you? Why is certain things now beneath you? Who lifted you up to that level that you are so wonderful and so great? Let me remind you what the Bible says about you. He says that you are nothing but filthy rags in my sight. Uh, let me bless you real good. Filthy rags right there means a soiled feminine napkin. Hope to bless you up real good right there. Jesus said without me you are nothing. You can't do nothing without me. You can't breathe without me. You can't live without me. You can't do. You can't go to work without me. You can't be married without me. You can't raise no children without me. So how dare you come to me. Time out. I don't do all that. You are a slave for Jesus. You shouldn't feel so lifted up that you're too good to serve the Lord. You shouldn't be so busy that, not, that God never gets any of your service. And here's the power, I'm going quickly, of Martha's thank you. Here's the power of it. Watch this. Let me give, let me give her a better definition of who she is. Here's the power of Martha's thank you. Here it is. Martha was a doer. I said Martha was a doer. She didn't come and just sit on her blessed assurance. Martha got up and did something. And can I thank God for the doers in the kingdom of God? Can I thank God for the people that will roll their sleeves up and say, if a job is there, I'm going to get it done. I thank God for people that don't make excuses but say, I'm going to get the job done. Whatever you need me to do, I'm willing to do it. If you need me over there, I'll go over there. I might not know how to do that, but if you teach me and train me, I'll stand right there and say, God bless you. Welcome to freedom. So glad to see you. Whatever you need me to do, I'm willing to do it. And if say, anybody in here that say God whatever you need me to do I'm willing to do it for your glory I'm going to say thank you through my service I'm sorry I'm sorry you thought church was for you to come and be cute I'm sorry I'm sorry you thought serving the Lord was convenient I'm sorry sorry Oh, y'all don't want to tell them thank you now. You thought serving the Lord was going to be on your time schedule. Ooh. How are you going to tell the one that holds time? 
that you ain't got no time for them. God help me. How you gonna tell the one that's is that made time and you gonna say I ain't got no time? God said I gave you the time that you got and you gonna tell me you ain't got no time for me? The devil is a lie. Is there anybody here that say I've learned how to carve space into my own calendar to make sure that God gets his first before I get up and get on Facebook? I make sure I get on my face and get in his book because I need to make sure that I'm serving the Lord with everything that I do. So God, whatever you want, I'm willing to give it to you. What's the benefit of serving? So glad you asked me. Luke 12, verse number 37. Look what the New King James Version says. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. Pastor, what that scripture mean? Because that was, that was kind of heavy. What that mean? I'm so glad you asked me. Jesus is saying, when I return and I establish my kingdom, Jesus says, because you are serving me, I'm going to put on an apron and turn around and serve you. You still didn't get it. Why do you think he going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant? Ah, uh, not well done, thy good and faithful critic. Not well done, thy good and faithful poster. He got to make sure you are somebody that's serving him day in and day out. That he gets the best of your service. That he gets your reasonable portion of strength. Is there anybody in here that say, God, I'm willing to serve you so that one day you'll serve me. And I can't wait for the day that God puts his apron on and say, let me serve you because you have given out because you have been faithful because you kept serving when your heart was broken when your mind was confused when people was getting on your nerves now I'm going to serve you because you served me um, so you had Martha who was the servant her service said thank you but you had somebody else in the house Somebody that's a little ambiguous. Somebody that's not named, but he's still there. Um, and, and he showed his worship. Watch this. He said, thank you. Come on, let's go. By surrendering. Let the church say surrender. Um, he had to surrender in order to tell him thank you. Well, Pastor, where that's at? You said he. All I saw was Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And, and, and Judas, I mean, where's, the, where's another he? Because I know Judas ain't surrender. <laughs> Judas had a problem. But there's somebody else in this text that is not mentioned in John's gospel. Uh, but he's mentioned in Matthew. And, and, and uh, watch this. Um, um, who else is in this house? Matthew 26 and Mark 14 tells us that this party, watch this, is at the house of Simon the leper. Let the church say Simon, Simon. the leper. Uh, it's church say Simon, Simon, the leper. Everybody say Simon, Simon. the leper. All right, all right, all right. Simon, the leper, this party is at his house. Okay. He lived in Bethany. Party is at Simon, the leper's house. Okay, that's good, I got it. Um, um, the party is at Simon, the leper's house. It's a problem in the text. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a problem in the text. There's a problem in the text. What you mean, Pastor? How's there a problem in the text? How is Jesus and the crew at the home 
of a leper. Okay, all right, okay. Because lepers were excommunicated and put out of social events like this because of their disease. Leprosy was an incurable disease that if you were found out that you had leprosy, you had to wear torn clothes and let the hairs of your head hang loose. And when you walked around the town, you had to yell out, unclean, unclean. So how is it that this Simon the leper is hosting a party with a bunch of people? In fact, lepers couldn't even live in the city. They had to live outside the city. How is it that Jesus is at the house of Simon the leper? So glad you asked me. If you're interested, here we go. The text implies that Simon, here we go, must not no longer be a leper. Okay, you still ain't got it. You still ain't got it. And since the party was in Jesus' honor, Jesus must have been the one that healed Simon. You still ain't got it. Simon is now an ex-leper. And is hosting the event to tell Jesus, thank you. Okay, okay, y'all gonna come on. Y'all gonna come on. The light bulb just came on. Simon was the leper. He's, Jesus is at his house. All these people are around, which implies that Simon must not be a leper anymore. He must be an ex-leper. So when you want to tell God thank you, you got to surrender whatever you have in order for him to be honored with your life. Is there anybody here that say, God, you can come into my home. You can come into my money. You can come into my mind. You can come into my life. You heal me. And I surrender to tell you. Thank you. See, see, see. When you know that Jesus was the one that delivered you, you know how to surrender to tell him. Thank you. But saints, is Jesus in your home? I mean, is he really, really in your home? Do you grab the hand of your children and say, come on, let's pray before we eat this food? Is he really in your home? I mean, I mean, with the stuff that you watch, with, 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 with the places that you go, with the people you allow up in your house? Oh, y'all don't like this kind of preaching. It's all right. God got me on somewhere else. Y'all better come on with it. You're going to be offended by my preaching over the next couple of months. I'm just telling you that right now. You need to get ready. The Lord done shifted me. Uh, is he really in your home? I mean, is he in your house when you watch your pornography? Is he really in your home when you're sleeping with somebody that you ain't married to? Is he, is he really in your home? Is he, oh, Jesus, the head of my household. Is he really? Didn't you cheat on your taxes this year? Come on, is he really in your home? Because I'm scared that some of us are saying he's in our home. But the truth of the matter is, he's only in our church. Ooh, 
But when he's really in your home, honey, I get Jesus at church. Take him with me in the car. Take him with me in the grocery store. If you see me in the mall, I ain't got no other personality. I am who I am. Is there anybody here that say, I'll be a praiser right in the middle of Publix on aisle 13, giving him the glory and giving him the honor? Is there anybody in here that say, I ain't no schizophrenic. He can have whatever he likes, and I will worship him wherever I go. Here's what messed me up. I got to go quickly. Here's what messed me up. This is after the resurrection of Lazarus. The people came because they are impressed that Lazarus has been resurrected from the dead. Now, you would think that this party would be for Lazarus. That's like, come on, let, let's, let's have real talk. That's like when our cousin and them get out of jail, we have a party because they got out of jail. We celebrate that, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? So you would think that the text says that the, that the party would be in honor of Lazarus who was dead and is now alive. But when you surrender, watch this, to Jesus, you never mistake the gift with the giver of the gift. God help me. Some of us are mistaking the gift and the giver and can't tell the difference between the two. I know you want to celebrate the whole month for your birthday, but can you stop and tell God thank you that he gave you another year of life, health, and strength? I know you want to celebrate that accomplishment, but where is your point where you stop and say to God be the glory for the things he has done? I know you want to praise yourself for where you are, but is there anybody in here that say if it wasn't for Jesus I wouldn't have nothing that I have. I wouldn't have this house. I wouldn't have this car. I wouldn't have this job. I wouldn't have this money. I wouldn't have this marriage. I give God the glory. I need somebody in here to lift your hands and tell everybody to God be the glory for the things he has done in my life. Somebody lift your hands. Open up your mouth and give God the glory. The giver of the gift. Not the gift, but the giver of the gift. she served you got Simon the leper and he surrendered but you got somebody else in the text you got Lazarus well pastor Lazarus ain't even say nothing he was just he was just there he, he didn't say not one word what did he do he received a miracle what did he do you know what he did here we go he uh showed up. Do you know your showing up is a praise to God? Okay, I'm going to be quicker to you. Um, this ex-dead man is now sitting in the house with live people. This man who was dead, I mean sure enough dead, I mean not a little bit dead, not pass out dead. I mean, dead dead. I mean, he all the way was dead. Jesus uh, gets word that Lazarus was sick. Chapter 11. Jesus, text says, he laughs and says, this is for the glory of God. Turns around and says, in fact, they say, you don't have a problem with that? You love Lazarus. Why, why you ain't going to see him? 
He said, it's good because it's for my glory. And then turn around and say, in fact, he ain't sleep. He ain't sick. He dead. And the text says right after that, that he stayed in that city two more days. Which means he ain't getting no rush to come see about Lazarus. I felt a praise right there. I, I, can I give you something right there? God needs you to realize that it don't matter how dead it get, he can still got resurrection power in your life. God help me. Ah, uh, I need for you, somebody give God praise right there. Because there's some dead situations in your life that looks like it's over for it. It's never going to happen. That dream never going to happen. That vision never going to happen. That door will never open. You'll never get out of debt. You'll never get healed. But I'm here to let you know it's for the glory of God. God said it ain't dead enough yet. Because I needed to be dead, dead. And when I show up, Jesus stands there, says, roll the stone away. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. Can I tell you how that blessed me? Let me tell you why that blessed me. That blessed me because what I realized, watch this, that if he would have just said, come forth, every dead thing that was up in there had to get up. <laughs> but when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, okay, what does that mean? That means there's, a, there's something that God got for you with your name on it. Okay, I ain't got a church. I know it's 9 o'clock in the morning, and I know y'all don't want to praise him. Y'all think it's too early, but is there anybody here that say, uh, Jesus ain't just going to call a general name. He knows me by name. He got a blessing with my name on it. Is there anybody in here that say, I'm grateful, and I'm giving him glory because he going to call me by name. I need you on a count of three to holler out your name. One, two, three, Philip Ross. He got a blessing with my name on it. Is there anybody in here that's ready for him to call out your name. The Bible says that he calls him out by name. And all of a sudden, here come this dead man that's still wrapped up. And he comes walking out. And Jesus says, cut him loose. Let him go. For over one chapter, now this dead man, this ex-dead man, is sitting up in the house with Jesus. Watch this. His praise is the fact that he showed up. Because here's what I discovered. You ready for this? There's some people that get blessed and get missing. There's some people that when God opens the door, they don't remember him no more. God, I wish I had somebody. Have you, have you realized that there's some saints around here? Come on, I'm going to talk to my church. That God, all of a sudden, you living better than you ever lived, and you done forgot about God. It seemed like the only way you remember God is if he got you in a place of suffering. But when he started blessing you, now you don't know him anymore. And now you're too tired to come to church. But is there anybody here that say, God ain't got to break me down in order to get worship out of me. God ain't got to take stuff away from me in order for me to bless his name. Is there anybody in here that say, well, whether I'm up or down, I'm going to praise up. Whether I'm good or bad, I'm going to praise up. Whether I'm sick or I'm a he a healed, I'm going to give him the glory. Is there anybody here that say, God, you can bless me with a million dollars and I'll still bless your name because I'm not going to forget who did it for me. He showed up to tell God, thank you. Lazarus, how you going to tell him thank you? I tell him thank you. Because I remember where I was. 
and I look at where I'm at now. Jesus, I feel a praise working on me right there. I, I got to tell him thank you because I used to be dead and now I'm alive. I got to, I got to tell him thank you because I used to be blind but now I can see. I got to, I got to tell him thank you because I used to be broken but God put the pieces back together again. I got to tell him thank you. I need to take a pause for the cause and find out are there any praises in here that can look at where you were and look at where you are and you got the one conclusion. You got to tell him thank you. I thank you for how good you've been to me. I thank you for the ways you made for me. I thank you for how far you brought me. You brought me from a mighty long way. I feel a praise right there. You brought me from a mighty long way and I'll bless your name and I'll glorify you because you brought me. All right. Here's the problem. 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 you are. It's because you were that smart. Some of you think that what you got is because you were that cute. Some of you think that where you are, you did that on your own. With your little education. <laughs> Look at you. Got your little car now. Living behind a gated fence. Got your little iPhone. And now nobody can't tell you nothing. As my grandma used to say, now you smelling yourself. Because you done forgot where you done came from. But I ain't got to holler this. Is there anybody in here that could say, if you only knew the places that God delivered me from, if you only knew the stuff I had to be raised in and I'm still in my right mind if you only knew how much the enemy tried to kill me but I still got away if you only knew all the places I've been that should have caught up with me by now but God covered me if you only knew oh, I got to give him glory and I got to give him praise because if you knew like I knew what the Lord had done for me you would know why I praise him like I do you would know why I lift my hand like I do. You would know why I opened my mouth and I bless his name. Because if you knew like I knew where he brought me from you would understand my praise. So you had Martha and she served. You had Simon the leper and he surrendered. You had Lazarus and he showed up but number four and I'm done you had Mary and Mary sacrificed she sacrificed Mary takes an expensive perfume and pours it on him see John's details are so, so lavish because it shows the nature of her love for Jesus it's sacrificial it's complete. It's, it's an unrestrained love. It's a love that didn't hold back. It, it Watch this. Hate to bust your bubble. But when she poured this on his feet, it wasn't something that was calculated or premeditated. I know I lost half of y'all right there. She didn't first have to figure out if she can afford to do it. 
She did it because she was so in love with Jesus. God help me. She didn't have to figure out, am I going to have enough money to pay my pennies card? I'm just going to pour my love on him. She didn't have to calculate, well, do I have enough to get the outfit I want? She gave him a sacrifice. Mm. It was her heart bursting open to say, To, I like to shout, but let me teach before we shout. Pure nard was a rare herb that was grown up in, in the high mountains in pasture lands of China. It, it had to be carried from the east over to where she was. So because it came so far and because it was so pure, it was very valuable. It wasn't the cheap stuff. It wasn't a knockoff. It wasn't from the flea market. She, she had to go to she had to go to Nordstrom's to get this. This this didn't come from City Trends. I ain't mad at City Trends now. I ain't mad. I ain't mad. I ain't mad. But this was the the real stuff. She she didn't get this from the flea market. This was expensive because it came so far, and because it was so pure that it was very valuable. Don't miss that. It came so far, it was very pure. That's what made it valuable. Let me say that again. It came so far, and because it was so pure, it wasn't diluted, it was very valuable. So watch this. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus, and the text says in, in Luke's translation, she broke the box, alabaster box, and poured it on Jesus' head. And it moved all the way down to his feet. Because it came so far, it was so pure, it gave its, its value. You missed it. Mary says, I praise God because Jesus came so far for me. And he lived a perfect life to redeem me. And because of what he did, he added value to my life. God help me. So money no longer matters to me because I found something that's more valuable than my money. Is there anybody in here that say, I know something that's more valuable than my house, than my car, than my money, than my paycheck? His name is Jesus. He's more valuable than anything I could ever own. That's why I give God glory because I'm saved. Saved by his power divine. Saved new life sublime life now is sweet and my joy is complete because I'm saved I know you want to praise him for the job but can you take five seconds and praise him because you're saved because he redeemed you because he forgave you because he looked beyond your faults she couldn't restrain herself any longer Mark 14 says she smashed the alabaster box and went from his head all the way down to his feet text says watch this she loosens her hair to wipe his feet with her hair. Now, um, you might not understand the significance of this, but this is something extremely radical that she's doing. Here's the reason why. Because women never loosen their hair in the company of men. Here is Mary in the house with all these people around, and she takes down her hair to wipe his feet with her hair. This is a radical, bold statement. This statement says, I don't care who's around. I don't care who's in the room. I don't care what you think about me. I'm going to give God a radical praise because he's been just that good to me. And I got a question for you, Cleta. I'm done. 
there anybody in here that I, I, I wonder sometimes, when was the last time you gave God a radical praise? When was the last time that the praise team didn't have to push you to praise God? But you came in here with a praise on your lips to tell him thank you. When was the last time that you loosened yourself up and said, I don't care who's to the left of me or to the right of me. I know who's been good to me. When was the last time that you threw down your title and you picked up some praise? When was the last time that you say, I don't care who's in here and who's not in here. He's been just that good to me. When was the last time that you said to yourself, I don't care if they say it don't take all that. If I don't praise them, I'll lose my mind. When was the last time that you say, if you know how good he's been to me, you would understand my praise. I need to find out, is there anybody in here that could give God without assistance and without the music? and without somebody pushing you give God a radical praise because of how good he's been to you let your heart overflow with this goodness let your praise come out your mouth is there anybody in here that can give God a radical praise because of how good he's been to you we need more Marys that will sacrifice for him that say I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth come on I'm looking for the folk that say I just want to tell him thank you I just want to tell him thank you for how he kept my mind I just want to tell him thank you for how he kept my mind I just want to tell him thank you I don't care what people think about me I don't care who's trying to text me right now I don't care who's next to me I got to tell him thank you Come on, think about the times you almost gave up and he came along and picked you up. See, I got too many people still looking at me. I don't care if you're greeting right now. I don't care if you're on the soundboard. I don't care where you're at. If you know that God has been good to you, lift up your hands, open up your mouth, and give God the glory for how good he's been to you. This ain't about protocol. This ain't about being in order. This is about giving him a radical worship. Come on, tell him thank you. Come on, tell him thank you. Hey, come on, tell him thank you. Come on, tell him thank you. Come on, tell him thank you. You could be going through hell right now in the midst of your hell. Tell him thank you. Come on, 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 tell him thank you. I got to tell him thank you. He's been so good to me. He's been so wonderful to me. He's opened so many doors for me. He's made so many ways for me. When I tried to give up, he wouldn't let me. When I said it wasn't nothing to this, he held me in the midnight hour. Is there anybody in here that got something to tell him thank you for? I got to tell him thank you. 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 I got something to tell him thank you. Come on, give him the sacrifice of praise. Come on, give him the sacrifice of praise. Give him the fruit of your lips. That's the sacrifice of praise.
God, I thank you. Come on, don't ask him for nothing. Just tell him thank you. Come on, come on, sit at the feet, sit at his feet, sit at his feet, sit at his feet. Thank you for how you kept my child. Thank you for when they got sick, you healed them. Thank you that you made ways out of no ways. Thank you that you kept the bills paid. Thank you that you kept gas in the car. Thank you. I got so much to tell him thank you for. I got so much to tell him thank you for. I got so much to tell him thank you for. So God, we thank you. We bless you. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Thank you. Come on, let your heart speak. Let your heart speak. Let your heart speak. Not your need. Let your heart speak. Not your burden. Let your heart speak. God, I thank you. We worship you. And we bless you. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. D, can you find, oh, how we love you. Oh, how we praise you. Oh, how we worship you. Oh, Lord. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I want y'all to take a moment. Come on. This is your moment. This is your moment to tell him thank you. Come on, this is your moment to tell him thank you. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Be magnified. In this. In this your holy temple. In this your holy place. And we will rise. And we will rise. To Zion's. To Zion. cry our hearts cry I need the whole house to pick that up be magnified, be magnified. in this in this your holy temple in this in this your holy place and we will and we will rise to science heights your hands and tell the Lord, oh how, oh how we praise you, yes God, 
Just love on him for a minute. Oh, how we praise you. Yes, God. Oh, how we worship oh, you. Oh, how we worship Oh, Lord. Sing it to him. Oh, how we praise oh, you. How we praise you. Oh, how we worship oh, you. Oh, how we worship. Somebody say, Oh Lord. Oh. with all our hearts, God. Oh, how, oh, how we, praise we praise you with everything we have. Oh, how we worship. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, how we love you. Come on, somebody worship him from the depths oh, of your heart. Oh, how we praise you. Come on, oh, how we worship oh, you. Oh, how we worship. Oh, Lord. you Jesus oh how we praise you. yes God we give you all the glory oh how we worship oh Lord oh Lord oh how we love you come on say oh how we worship you oh how we praise you yes God oh how oh how we Open up your mouth and worship him. Oh, how we praise you. With the depths of your heart, I worship oh, you, God. How we worship. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, how. Oh, how we love you. Hallelujah. Oh, how. Oh, how we praise you. Oh, how we worship you, Jesus. Oh, how we Everybody lift your hands and worship him. Come on, lift your hands and worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. I gotta tell you thank you. 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 Freedom don't ever be found without your praise. Don't ever be found without your adoration. Serve him. Surrender to him. 
show up and sacrifice. That's what God is calling us to do. So we bless you. You know you're not saved, unsure of your salvation. I came to introduce you to a man who can change your life forever. If you know you're not saved, unsure of your salvation, I need you to make your way to this altar. I want to pray with you. If you want to join this church, God is calling you to this ministry. You know this is where God has got you planted. You can make your way to this altar at this time. Hallelujah. I just want to pray with you. You want to surrender your heart to the Lord or join this church, you can come now. We don't want to leave anybody behind. This is a clarion call. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless your name. And we glorify you. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Mm. Come on, his presence is here. Just take a moment right there in his presence. Hallelujah. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. We bless you. And we glorify you. Hallelujah. And we glorify you. We're getting ready to move, but I don't want to rush you. Come on, right there in his presence. Just worship him. Bless your name, Jesus. I got so much to tell you thank you for. I got so much to tell you thank you for. I got so much to tell you thank you for. And we bless your name. And we bless your name. Let me tell you this. This is the season that if you don't keep your worship, you don't keep your praise, the enemy is going to try to take you out with everything he got. And he comes to, watch this, it's in the battlefield of your mind. But when those thoughts come up, remember your worship. Remember your praise. Don't ever be so busy you can't get at the feet of Jesus. Sometimes you got to take your lunch break, go sit in your car and worship him just to deal with the rest of the day. Sometimes you got to go in that bathroom and close the door just to deal with those children. Don't ever lose your worship. Don't ever lose your praise. Because you got something to tell him thank you for. If you have something to tell God, thank you for it. Come on, give him some glory right there. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to his name. Hallelujah.